are listening to Podcasting Paradigms with David Trust, and in this episode, I'm on a road trip in Austin, Texas with Miguel Gulen. Miguel is one of my oldest online friends, of whom I connected with first blogging and then on Twitter. Despite knowing him for over a decade, the first time we met face-to-face was on this trip when he picked me up at the hotel in Austin, where I just finished attending SXSWEDU 2018 back in March. We visited St. Gabriel's Catholic School and Maynard New Tech Middle School. In the podcast, I mentioned a video that I made with Maynard's assistant principal, Eric Johnson, and you can find that at podcasts. DavidTrust.com by searching for Miguel, M-I-G-U-E-L. It was so wonderful to connect with Miguel, and I can't thank him enough for organizing the school tours and for playing host to me for the day. There are many links to follow in the show notes, but I'd like to give you a few for Miguel worth paying attention to. Around the corner is his personal blog at mgulin, M-G-U-H-L-I-N dot org. He also blogs professionally at blog.tcea.org, and his Twitter handle is mgulin, at mgulin. Now, take a seat with me in Miguel's car as we drive from St. Gabriel's to Maynard, as we chat in the parking, Maynard parking lot, and as we drive to dinner after the tour. Enjoy the podcast and remember to subscribe, like, and leave a comment or review wherever you listen. Thank you. I am sitting in a car with Miguel Gulen, who's driving me uh, on a tour of some awesome schools in Austin after attending South by Southwest edu and so um, we're going to chat a little bit right now about uh, the first school that we visited but first miguel can you tell people a little bit about who you are and what you do hey so excited to be here with uh, david um it, and driving uh through beautiful austin we're on uh i i think uh, loop 360 headed to research boulevard on our way to um, mainer isd's uh, new tech uh, middle school or i, I think and just to check out all the great things you're doing with project-based learning. But um, my name's Miguel Gulen. I work at uh, TCEA. If you're not familiar with TCEA, you can find us online at tca.org. And you know, if you, if you want to read some exciting blog entries, you can go to uh, tca.org/blog. And uh, I have been uh, well. It, it was amazing. Uh, just yesterday, my LinkedIn. Um, caught on fire. Uh, it appears that I have been at TCA for two years. And before that, though, I was working as a, a director of technology uh, and then a director of instructional technology. But what's so neat about being at TCA is, aside from the fact that I'm now, David, I don't know if you know this, but I am a professional blogger. Wow. I, I get paid to write during the day. It's, it's just incredible. You know, I was doing Around the Corner for, I guess, since 2000-something, 2005, 2004. I don't know. That's uh, a little bit before Wes Fryer started over at Speed of Creativity. Um, although we always like to say we started about the same time because I remember the first time he called me up. He says, hey, I noticed you've been blogging. I said, is that what it's called? <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know it was a blog. I thought I just doing a reverse chronological order was... 
the way new websites, but I like the idea because it had a different feel than static pages. Um, so it was kind of cool. So I, I'm so excited that you had a chance to go to South by Southwest uh, uh, this week, and, and uh, it, it is just incredible. I remember a pair of dimes. Uh, why, why is a pair of dimes, why is that phrase significant? If you're wondering why a pair of dimes is significant, uh, well, David, could you tell us why it's significant? <laughs> Go for it. Because I decided to create a corny name for my, for my blog, and uh, I, I just I, I'd like to go back. I love the fact that you mentioned uh, West Fryer, and we'll pause this for a moment. It's done. Oh, okay. Um, I, I'm glad you mentioned West Fryer because one of the things uh, is I got into blogging late, 2006, and oh, and. Um, what, two of the first people that I ended up following and reading their blogs were yourself and, uh, well, there's Alec Curis as well, Wes Fryer, um, and then there was Will Richardson and, and David Warlick and, and a whole bunch of others. Uh, but that was a, a unique culture of, of sharing that opened up in a way that, you know, we now see educators on Twitter doing the, kind of the same thing. But uh, even before I got on the Twitter, there, there was this opportunity to have conversations with people all over the world, uh, mostly all over North America, but um, that where we just got to explore and challenge each other's ideas. And, uh, you know, one of the things I really appreciated about Miguel is if I posted something, he would ask critical questions about it, or you would. And uh, we had some amazing dialogues in the comment sections on each other's blogs. And I think there's more than one occasion where one of your blog posts inspired me to write something or vice versa. And so I think that that kind of era is, is really neat. And why I said it's interesting that you mentioned Wes Fryer is he was the first podcaster I ever listened to, educational podcaster. And so when I met him at a conference uh, in Northern Ontario called Unplugged, I sat down with him and recorded my first podcast with him. Wow. So kind of going full circle that he'd be the person that you mentioned as, a, as an influence as well. So, uh, Absolutely. Once you've, once you've met uh, Wes Fryer, it's just, I remember the first time I ever met him was uh, at a TCA conference. Uh, and... Uh, somebody I forgot who it was that I was talking to but they were so it was an older gentleman and uh, it was amazing because he just we were talking and he uh, the gentleman said you know what you need to meet uh, Wes Fryer because he had just started reading uh, Tech Edge which is the TCA um, publication and um, we were I had just started writing in Tech Edge I think this was like uh, gosh I can't even I must have been like 28, 29 years old. Um, this is that, that means that was 20 years ago. And um, uh, he said, "You got to meet this guy. He's young uh, writer who's just." And so he took me over, and I met Wes Fryer for the first time, and uh, we hit it off right away. Uh, I, I'm always amazed uh, by Wes. I always tease him, though. I tell him uh, his blog is moving at the speed of creativity and mine's moving at the speed of mediocrity. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, well, and what speed? I mean, he was a daily blogger at one right. point, and, and then he could still found time to do podcasts. And yeah. My yeah. goal was to have a podcast a week, and I think, uh, I think I did that for three weeks before I fell off. So... Um, Podcasting can be pretty intensive and tough, especially yeah. if you have to do any editing. Yeah. 
Well, I apologize in advance. You might hear some Google instructions, uh, Google Map instructions, but I, I won't be editing them out. So, tell uh, a little bit about the school uh, that we went to and Allison. Uh, Allison give... Starling. So, uh, you know, it was when I first started at uh, at uh, TCA. The uh, my one of my colleagues, uh, a fellow director of professional development, Peggy Reimers. You can find her on Twitter at P Reimers R E I M E R S. And she's like our maker maker expert. Uh, um, she's always collecting Q-cups and, and lids off of uh, uh, water bottles and things like that, screw-on caps and everything. And uh, she takes all of that and turns it into, you know, a maker space. But she's, she said, you've got to come with me to uh, St. Gabriel's Catholic School in Austin, Texas. And I said, okay. And so I came over. I grew up uh, going to Catholic school all my life. Um, and it, it was just incredible seeing all the things that they were doing. I remember we walked into the makerspace and it was just amazing to see uh, Vex Robotics right there. Uh, they had uh, tools on the walls. Everything was so organized, but also the kids were engaged and making things and uh, uh, just walking through the library because we had to walk through the library to get to what they call their D-Lab and I could see that the uh, they had created dioramas but the dioramas were actually Christopher Columbus's uh, ships you know the Nina's well, Nina, Pina yeah yeah, yeah. And one more there you go it's your history San, not mine Santa Maria <laughs> Santa there, Maria yeah. there you go okay I wanted I was just doing a quick check see how educated Canadians are on American history it's good to know that uh, y'all have some um, of course it's American history right it's not it world is. history but um, so it was just amazing to see those dioramas, and, and uh, it gave me a clue. Stay to the right to Research Boulevard. There we go. Um, it gave me a, a clue into what uh, uh, the kinds of amazing learning that are happening. And I just remember thinking, wow, I went to Catholic school all my life. I never saw anything like this. And it wasn't just technology. It was the way they were blending ideas and collaborating and working together. And so when, when you made contact, David, I, I have to say, I, I was like, oh, we have to go to St. Gabriel's, Allison Starling. And, you know, I think you made contact um, either the, the week before TCA, it was like early yeah. February. And I was doing a Minecraft, TCA Minecraft Academy uh, at the convention. And uh, I was thinking, wow, Allison Starling would be, is the contact. I'm gonna have to reach out to her and see. And who walks in? Who walks into my Minecraft class? Uh, but Allison Starling. And then I realized, okay, this is serendipity. And then uh, uh, she said shortly thereafter, after we'd been talking, because I after you know said hello, and then I, I said, floated the idea of, of bringing a Canadian uh, into St. Gabriel's. And then uh, she said, well, I can only do a quick demo in the morning because in the afternoon, I'm going to Maynard ISD's New Tech. Um, and uh, it was just, uh, then I knew for sure it was sort of meant to be. This was, the, that was my clue. So there you go, David. Fantastic, yeah. And one of the things that, uh, with my visit is, you know, definitely it's a beautiful campus. It, they have everything they need as far as the learning resources. But uh, Allison's title is, um, Director of Innovative Innova Learning. Of Innovative Learning. That's right. And uh, I thought that was great. And 
the the piece that that really shows is the the teacher support and teacher um, collaborative time that they have in order to make uh, things work because what 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 I was really seeing along with you is the kind of work that was on the walls and the kind of activities that the students were doing in class and I think that that's the piece that really is the right is the magic Boulevard. yeah um, I just you know as you think about the uh, the work on the walls you realize you know this is not just the product of, of one creative brain um, you know a teacher came up with a great project and and Every, everything they had on their walls sort of uh, reflected uh, an integrated approach to planning. And uh, as I make a turn here, it's very arduous. Uh, but uh, it, it was just how they, you could tell how they worked together. I, I think you picked up on, on that as you were, uh, right away, as you were looking at one of those. I, I forgot what the, since, go, go ahead. Oh, yeah, so, um, one of the first one of the first classrooms we went into, uh, we we looked at one of the um, students working uh, in math class, and it's a math science class, and they uh, uh, I think it was grade four, and they they were working on constellations, and so they were actually uh, they were actually going to code what's it called code. Uh, Code.org. Code.org. And they were having some technical issues, but the, one of the students was talking to us about what their projects were. And, and originally they they were, um, they picked constellations and they kind of created uh, their own um, ob observatory. What, what would you call it? Uh, but, but basically they, they put all their constellations together. Uh, and then this is the, the really interesting part as I was talking to this the students for math class they were actually graphing and charting uh, they they actually were lighting it up using um, uh, not makey makey but uh, threaded um, oh you're talking about uh, paper paper circuits paper circuits using thread um, so they were learning all about that then they were creating myths for their constellations in their language arts class and so there was this real integration of, of the ideas. And then um, Miguel asked to see one of his notebooks and there was a sort of daily journal. And the daily journal had, was very short, they're young kids, but what did they do and then what did they find challenging? And so that whole piece of adding in the reflection of what they found challenging is just part of that learning process that is just a natural part of what they're doing in the school. The children were so articulate in terms of um explaining what they what what's they were doing how they got started on it and uh it it's just you forget when you're chatting with these kids that they're kids and when you look at the their handwriting in the notebook you they don't have the 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 finely grained control of an adult but you, you're actually chatting with someone i i that is expressing themselves and sharing in a way that's years beyond their their age and uh, but you see the thinking uh, it's sort of like the thinking made visible right there on the on in their notebook and where they've drawn a little box to represent a circuit <laughs> it's just cool uh, to see that and and you hear that again when we were down I'm sorry we were downstairs uh, with in a kindergarten class or maybe it was upstairs I forget but uh, uh, the young boy was talking about how they were doing the uh, three little pigs and and they were, they had, is, 
as I understood it, they constructed the three little pig houses, and they were going to test them with uh, a hair dryer. Was yeah, that's right. So the yeah. big bad wolf was coming. Yeah. So so they'd each constructed these um, these cardboard box homes for the three little pigs. And this afternoon, the hair dryer uh, is the big bad wolf that's going to see if they blow down or not. And uh, his excitement about about that and his ability in kindergarten to explain the process of what they were doing was pretty neat. I, I, I just want to uh, emphasize that. Kindergarten, a little boy explaining. And then uh, in the other grade where the kid was talking about his notebook and everything, it, it, they were so excited and animated to share about the projects that they were working on. It wasn't something that they were, you know, you could tell they were being forced to do and they had to work through that. And, and uh, you, when you see that excitement in a kid's eyes, uh, that's that's uh, it's just pretty amazing. I also loved uh, visiting some of the other uh, parts of the, of the buildings. Yeah, and what I like to do too is kind of get to the nitty-gritty behind it too. And Allison introduced us to her um, her boss, and uh, I can't remember her name. Uh, Was it Camille? Uh, Courtney. I, I do apologize. I'll have to look that up. The, uh, but what she was saying was when she arrived as a 20-year educator into her, her, her leadership role, she realized that, uh, you know, the fabulous teachers, but they, they had no common prep time across their, um, their teams. And so one of the first things she implemented was making sure that their, their prep time was common. And so you, you don't get a uh, science teacher doing constellations where the, um, uh, you know, the language arts teachers is tying uh, the idea of myths and, and, and putting that together um, just by happenstance, right? So you need to have opportunities for students, for, for educators to uh, collaborate and to, to have that planning time in order to do that. And then, and then someone like uh, an innovative learning uh, director, who, uh, who's Allison, who was our tour guide, who is putting those pieces together. And uh, we talked a little bit about that idea of not just, she's not a technology teacher, right? She's not coming in there to, you know, although, she, you know, you talked about Minecraft and, and the fact that you might work with them to do something. Uh, to, to develop a, pro a program there, um, that will be part of her role. But she's not seen as someone who's just there to help with the technology. She's actually there to help with the learning, and she'll sit side by side and co-teach with with teachers. And and so in her role and her capacity, really, what she is is a pedagogical um, assistant and and uh, providing that support. I, you know, you just reminded me as she was sharing about that. She was talking also about the, uh, the language or the words that and the, their power, uh, because they, I think she mentioned how if you had uh, in her previous one of her previous positions or roles as an instructional technology person, uh, you know, a specialist or a facilitator, it, it seemed like the word technology got in the way of, in people's minds. Uh, it, it, it sort of closed them up to, uh, I guess they got anxiety. I think it'd be probably be the equivalent of a, a math specialist uh, coaching me on something. Your math, oh, I can't handle it. Math yeah. is too hard. Uh, and but she sort of just described it as uh, for them it was it was the technology. So they took that word completely out of her title and uh, 
then she was able to, I mean, she was able to coach. And one of the exciting examples, I think, uh, on the coaching side was that, you know, when she, she said she worked uh, year round and um, that means that she was working while teachers were off and she was meeting and but they were off but they were planning their upcoming units for or their units for the upcoming school year so she she was um, going over to them and planning things out and and developing um, that so they got to work on on blending technology into instruction into the activities and with ample time and it wasn't just you know I know they had a two-hour planning time during the day but they also have these sort of additional ex opportunities to connect um, and you know I think when you're working with somebody that closely uh, you know you, you get past the all the, the tough aspects of you know relationship building is just so important to being a coach and so you're able to just get past all of that relationship stuff break down those walls exactly yeah. and then get straight into making and creating amazing learning opportunities for kids and I, I don't know if you noticed it but um, they were when the kids were working and they were uh, you know they were gonna move to a different activity I think this was like the kindergarten classroom or maybe a third grade classroom they actually the teacher asked a question to set the kids up to think about where they were positioned to see the board yes yes um, yeah, and, and that you know that's just good teaching practice. Rather than I need you to move over here, it's like we're about to watch a video on the screen. Uh, is everyone in a good position to, to do that, right? And yeah. So, so just asking the question where the student has to be able to answer it and understand that maybe next time I'm watching a video, uh, I need to be thinking about this. Um, yeah, I, I love I love seeing teachers that just naturally do those kind of things. Yeah. Um, and, and even then, the, the other part too is that wasn't part of her plan, right? So they, they were on the, the code.org and, and the grade threes don't have access to YouTube videos, uh, which uh, code.org instructions are on YouTube. And so, uh, you know, just hit a roadblock and it's like, well, let's bring the whole class together and, and make that work. And um, uh, I, I, I say it time and time again, but you know, people often, uh, when they hit a roadblock with technology, they let that be a wall that's just such a huge barrier. Yeah. Instead of saying, okay, you know, well, uh, the, it, since that won't work, let's try this or let's do it this way. And, and sometimes even getting the, the, the students to be your tech help <laughs> can be something that's really advantageous too. Yeah, the, uh, and it, it's just the idea of being uh, flexible enough Although flexible for me is, means you might be inflexible, it's like you're just fluid. The the learning, teaching and learning is fluid. So we just we go and we if we encounter some resistance, we can we find another way around it. And I think that's just a really incredible way of of uh, or approach to um, help uh, kids learn. It, you know, because kids are that way too. If you you run into an obstacle, you find a way around it. Uh, and you just keep going. It's not a it's not a showstopper. There are no showstoppers. You just find the way ahead. Um, and uh, I think one of the other things that sort of jumped out at me uh, uh, that was impressive uh, was the uh, uh, you know I was watching an algebra teach 
I think she was teaching algebra. I, I'm not sure. I'm not a math person. Uh, I know it's not part of my growth mindset yet. I keep working on that. I have to change my those, <laughs> get rid of those fixed mindsets in my head. But um, I was watching the teacher, and she was um, she was working with the students, and I couldn't help but see the wall that she was projecting onto and she was actually drawing on the uh, on something and I realized oh my gosh she's using Microsoft OneNote and uh, so that that was a uh, a very uh, just incredible um, realization to see how she was using and I was just I, I was so tempted I wanted to go interrupt her lesson and say hey can I get a copy of your OneNote notebook because this looks really amazing <laughs> you, if you could I, I would I would have taken a picture but I think we were already attracting enough attention from the uh, from the lesson for the kids and, and she didn't miss a beat she kept going but um, I was just impressed with the way I think her name was Miss Hobbs so the way she was uh, facilitating the learning in that class and using uh, uh, OneNote and the reason it threw uh, I paid attention to it was that they they seem to uh, not be stuck on any one technology. They they uh, it sounded like they had really thought through how they were going to be using different kinds of technologies at different grade levels. And you mentioned earlier they were talking about doing Minecraft Education Edition. And so uh, as there there's obviously the technology side of it, and I, I'm interested in that because of my background. So I was I was really um, thrilled that all of these instructional interventions were happening and the lessons and they were clearly project-based but also that they had taken the time to think through how to um, support all the technology that they were uh, blending into into teaching and learning so they actually had a full-time I guess I would call them a technician and, and uh, that was uh, just just amazing. So we got interrupted right at the end of uh, talking about Minecraft and 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 the resources and the way that they're kind of fitting everything together. Uh, it's not just a it's not just an add-on, but sort of um, something that they've they've really thought about how they're going to embed. Um, just a just as a final thought to, to this part of the podcast because I think I might be asking more questions after this visit that we just arrived at the next school um, what is it when, when you have a school like that there there's tons of support and not everyone's in that situation where they're, they're going to have a you know someone who's in charge of innovation uh, or where they're going to have you know an hour plus of, of common prep time uh, in their teams and so what are some of the things that you think uh, anybody can do to help move to, to that, this different kind of learning? Well, you know, it, it's so easy to, to point to different technologies and different tools. But I think one of the key things that we have to keep in mind is that relationships are just so important uh, in a school like this. And so with the idea of, of relationships and building those relationships, that's got to be the sort of the bedrock. There are certain intangibles as you, that you feel as you walk onto St. Gabriel's Catholic School that sort of really, I don't know, knit the, the uh, campus together and, and the students and teachers. And I think those intangibles can also be found in, in places where um, ideas are respected and people are valued. Um, so bef- 
ahead of all the technology, we've got to remember we're working with, with, with human beings and people and, and people that feel like they can contribute and mold their environment. And, uh, I think that is, that's going to be such a powerful, um, hook, uh, in, in the sense that it engages them to to make things that are better than what they could do by themselves, they work together, um, they collaborate, they make that may make time to plan, and then um, also they are deliberate about how they're blending technology into it, and you know, just like she mentioned, we went out and we grabbed a new technology at a conference, and. I think it was Flipgrid, and we brought it back, and we were all trying to figure out how to use it, and the kids were trying to figure out how to use it. To me, that's said that they hadn't necessarily thought through exactly how they were going to use it, but they were willing to experiment and try this out and invite the kids along and get their feedback and insight. You know, a place that values the insights of children and adults together, um, I think there's just something magical about that. And I think that's a magic that all of us can uh, reach for. And bring to our schools. Uh, I'll mention something, too, just uh, as a final thought, and that's my wife uh, works in a public school, and she has one prep a week with someone that she teams with and, and collaborates with, and it's not enough. And so they actually, on Monday after, after school, they get together, and they sit down and they, they co-plan. Even though they're in separate classes, they, they kind of teach the same, same things. They, they bounce ideas off each other. And that time after school, even though it's a commitment that's outside of the school day, uh, helps them create such better assignments than if they do it uh, on their own. That it's it's just valuable time. And so, you know, the the principal was able to give them one common prep, and, and that's great. And so they take full advantage of that. But if you don't find that collaboration time and that opportunity to work with other teachers, uh, I think that's, that just slows everything down. And so find that person that, that will work with you. Uh, you know, talk to your uh, administrators about what's possible about creating that time and space because um, the, time and again when I look at schools that are doing great things, it's because the, the teachers are communicating and working together as a team and not trying to do it on their own. Okay. David Miguel again. Uh, we just finished vis visiting Manor New Tech High School, uh, middle school, and um, it's a it's a fabulous campus. What a, what an amazing building! Uh, I think that uh, that that to me was kind of the highlight was was that it's designed as a problem based school, and when you go into the learning spaces. Uh, they they really are catering to a really open concept with uh, I think what was it 20 breakout rooms per floor uh, uh, pretty amazing and the breakout rooms range in size from one that can kind of squeeze all of an entire class together uh, I saw that actually happening and create a video that I'll share a link to in the notes uh, and down to small little rooms as big as uh, just a table with four chairs and uh, so give me a little bit of your impression. Uh, yeah, I think what, uh, David, what really sort of jumped out at me is the, um, uh, just the space was so open and, and welcoming. You know, when I think of a middle school, I think of, you know, you walk in, open foyer, big hallways, and then you're lost in a million classrooms. There's different wings of, a, of uh, for different grade levels. But this is a lot 
uh, this is pretty different. They actually felt it felt like uh, they had different grade levels on different floors, and um, they created this uh, really unique space where uh, just-in-time learning can happen in lots of different places. There was like pockets by design where you know students can work on projects, collaborate on on whatever it is that they're uh, tasked with. I was really engaged by some of the. Um, I guess uh, prompts or expectations for students that were written on the walls and from uh, like apparently one of them was on biomes and uh, that that just sort of jumped out at me because the uh, it made me think about you know we've been talking about Minecraft and just thinking about Minecraft and in creating a the biome and working in that biome and and the kinds of learning that are possible and it, but it, it just the spaces and, and the dry erase boards that sort of work like little clipboards or just everything seemed very well put together in, in that regard yeah and uh, um, talking to Eric the, the vice principal they, uh, the, they're, they're brand new this year uh, they have 600 grade 6's 150 grade 7's and 8's and in the next uh, two years they'll move to 300 per grade and so it's it's going to be a it's going to be a pretty good school for nine uh, of 900 and when i look at the the spaces i mean the the teachers are going to have to collaborate and plan to be figuring out who's using what spaces uh because of the nature of it not having designated classrooms uh I, the each each floor had a couple rooms that they towards the back called focus rooms that were sort of narrow classrooms with uh, projectors. Uh, those were the only places I saw sort of um, set uh, technology as far as um, uh, you know, a, teacher, a teacher sort of front space and, and having uh, what, uh, something other than movable whiteboards. So that that was kind of interesting to see, just you know, two of those, and that's that's it for. And then these wide open spaces where, uh, if there could easily be three classes working, but you know, I've I worked in a middle school for years, and middle school students, uh, when they're when they have that project based time, are not the quietest of uh, of kids, and so it, you know, it would take a lot of work and and sort of. Uh, practice and expectations around how to use those wide open spaces in a positive way. Yeah, it, it, you could see that the kids even even uh, so close to spring break. I mean, we were there within an hour of when they were going to be released for spring break. But you could see that those kids were were working and committed to whatever projects. They of course exuberant middle schoolers, and there's nothing wrong with that, of course. Um, but that was uh, it was just evident that they were engaged and I think one of the thing one of the points that one of the teachers made uh, just sort of really jumped out at me and I thought it was very important because of course she was in a English language arts uh, classroom and uh, although you know this wasn't a classroom by the way it's defined in, in the space but students were working and she said students have agency and I was like yeah there you could tell that they they were independent, um, but they were choosing to be on task, working on, on the projects, and, and um, it, it, that was uh, very powerful because um, in a writing workshop, you, you really want to have that, you want students to have that agency 
you want them to have freedom of choice over their their topics, what they're working on, and and uh, that was evident um, here. Yeah. One of the interesting things that I, I noted was uh, was asking about the technology, and they started out as one to one one to one iPads, uh, but they. They, they, they found it really hard to manage and, and found a uh, uh, little too high in the off-task behavior and so they actually switched back to having uh, classroom sets that could be distributed when they're needed and I think I think that's a th th those are sort of drawing pains when you're when you're learning to use things is uh, you know is is the approach effective and uh, having spent a close to a decade in, in a middle school, I, I understand what it's like to have distractions in the classroom. And so technology, as much as it can be an enhancer, it can also be a distraction. And I think that they're, tr they're working with that and trying to figure out how best to, to do it. I don't know. I think just personal opinion here, but when, when I think about uh, students, especially with middle school students, it's, it's important to spend some time up front um, encouraging them to play with the technology and sort of get over the over that it's oh this is brand new this is great you know it's yeah. wonderful and you've got to you've got to give them that time um, before they can sort of settle down and focus in on on that grown-ups are the same way I mean we're gonna take a new technology or a new new tool or resource and we're gonna explore and try to do all sorts of things with it and then we will uh, eventually ask, start asking ourselves, uh, how can we use this? How can we make a difference with this? And uh, I have yet to find uh, students that don't want to make a difference, that don't want to, that, that they, they want to uh, see things happen that are going to, uh, that they can feel proud of. And essentially they, they want to be like other human beings, you know, and get things, make things that are of value happen. David, thank you so much for the time today for this podcast. I don't know if you're going to segment this or wrap it all in together, but please if, if reach out on Twitter at M-G-U-H-L-I-N. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you. Do you know what I like about podcasts? You get to listen and learn independent of time, space, and place. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, take a moment and review, like, comment, and or share with someone else. Thank you.